fascinates me how people um, clean their buttholes. Like, uh, <laughs> this is something I was actually thinking about the other day. There's mo- a multitude of ways that different people clean their buttholes. Um, you know what's crazy is if you ever had to take a shower at another person's house, you might see their asshole stick in the bathroom. <laughs> it's true. And I look for the for the asshole stick every time whenever I'm over at someone's house. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's just a scrubbing brush. Yeah. But it's yes. like three feet long and it's like there's yeah. only one reason why you need a three foot long back scrubber is what right. they have to sell it. Like it like it's a designer drug. They have to call it something else. A <laughs> back scrubber. And it's an a- and it's an scrubber. It's an asshole wrench. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but do you mean right? so like can throw a cheater bar on that motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. A loofah with the stick, or do you mean the actual like? Because there's, I have a, an actual back scrubber, and I use it on my back, and it's like a brush. It's you know, it has like a bristles. People are gonna think that's your asshole stick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay. Now you so know. you got to put that away. I mean, I, I either to... that or you just tell people like the shower's off limits. The curtain's closed <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a fucking yeah. reason. You could, and it you better could, stay you could, that way. You could burn a logo on it that says not an asshole stick. That'll probably work too. <laughs> I'll have to try that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Uh, so, uh, apart from uh, washing assholes, which by the way, uh, I would like to congratulate the following people. First of all, Bird is going to be the recipient of some gay soap uh, for being a oh, friend of the yeah. show. And uh, we're thankful for Bird. And he's going to be thankful, thankful for the for soap. You. Yeah, I appreciate it. I am. I am. And I'm thankful to Todd and his gay hands for making the soap. Yeah, it, it's tremendous soap. I personally use it. There's a lot of different flavors. It's, it's wonderful. And I also like from, to... From, from gentle gay hands to your rugged ass. <laughs> your rugged ass. <laughs> yes, indeed. The dung ditch, everything. Todd cleans it. it. It kills all of the variants of the coronavirus if you're lodged in your ass. My they friend, get up there. Todd, yep, they do. Todd can take care of that. That, that soap, yep. The soap has power. It truly does. It's a magical soap. And uh, so Bird's a winner of it. And also, I'd like to congratulate uh, our friend Elliot. And Riley, you guys got to get a hold of the show so I know where to send the gay soap. We already have Jade and Valerie. We already have them taken care of. They won the first round of the gay soap giveaway. So the rest of you, just give me your addresses, and I'll send some of this soap for your ass. And you will be very grateful. Of course, it's going to come after New Year's. We don't have time for that. Todd's supposed to be working on it right now as far as getting a fresh new batch of the gay soap. So... With that being the case, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever it is that you do, don't get offended. Try try to enjoy life. You only get one crack at it, so don't be hurt by words. Um, I hope you have a great holiday, whatever it is that you're doing. By the way, I like to ask Bird, last time we spoke, Bird is like our holiday guest. He is the fun guest. He comes on at, at critical holidays for us, and we're grateful how were the scallion pancakes that you had or were going to have for Thanksgiving? They were excellent. The Chinese food was excellent, as always. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. It, it rarely disappoints, I would say. Um, so I want to ask, we had a couple of people uh, we talked to try to give us some ideas of what, like, I said, okay, what are your best Christmas memories, best Christmas memories that you've had? And, yes, I know that a lot of you have had 
not so good Christmas memories. So I'll include one of those for myself. So I'll give you the um, the the happy times and the not so happy times. Um, but we'll start first. Um, okay, I'll go first. Okay. So picture this for a lot of you youngins. This is going to seem like really weird because I'm going to talk about maybe a century that you didn't even exist in or you were born very later at the at the tail end of that century. So the year is 1987, ladies and gentlemen, 1987. Ronald Reagan is still president. OK, uh, not that that mattered to me in 1987. I was seven years old. And the reason why it's significant is because when you're seven and you're like, I grew up, I grew up Catholic, right? Like I, I, that's just that way. And you believe in Santa Claus and you went to midnight mass and there's all these different things happening right before you get, we got to open our stuff. When I was a kid, like you had to wait till Christmas morning. Then we got older. Like my parents didn't want to get up early anymore. So like, fuck it. We're going to do Christmas Eve even better. You get to sleep in Christmas day. So like my grandmother had come up and like she had her own bedroom and it was awesome because I thought she had she had like magical powers because she could smoke in the house. She was the only one. My sister couldn't smoke and my sister was older than me uh, and like nobody else could smoke with cigarettes in the house except for my grandmother. She got to sit in her in, in the guest bedroom and watch television and just burn Benson and hinges, just hammering these cigarettes. In fact, she also was the one who helped me get cigarettes when I was underage because she would just let me take packs out of her cartons. It was awesome. She was uh, she enabled me. It was great. Rest in peace. She's been dead since 2005. So unfortunately, she's not no longer among the living. But um, grandma was there. And like, I remember like saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I can hear people moving around in the house. And I'm like, I'm fucking sure that's the old man. That's Santa dropping stuff off. Right. Because you hear that the movement. And you're like, don't get out of bed because then you're fucked. You, I mean, you, you're not going to get anything if he catches you <laughs> snooping. So I wake up the next morning, 6.30, run down the hallway, get my parents out of bed, you know, not knowing that they were the ones up at 1 o'clock in the fucking morning making all this possible, right? So I get up, unwrap, get down to the tree, unwrap the presents, and what do I get? 1987, Nintendo Entertainment System, the original one. I got that bad boy, all right? Already over the moon. Okay, over the moon. Next, I unwrap something else. There's this game called Sky Shark. Okay, now the Sky Shark. <laughs> it was Sky great. Shark. Sky Shark. Okay. So, it was like a like the cover of it. If 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 you look it up, it looks like it's a P fifty one Mustang, and you got like this American pilot doing like the, a grimaced face, like he's like ah, oh, he's he's shooting down enemies, and like it was uh, that two D scroller where the, the, the screen continuously moved up and you would have like battleships and like artillery pieces and anti-aircraft guns and you would have to take them out and you would get upgrades as you blew stuff up. It was a really cool game. Like I, I instantly like fell in love with it at, at seven years of age. Next, I got two more games. Now, this is the thing. Now, this might be controversial to the Nintendo people. I know they get very upset about this, but I, I got Legend of Zelda, Okay. And, the, you know, the gold cartridges, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are, I know Christopher knows what I'm talking about, gold cartridge. And then I got uh, The Adventure of Link, the sequel to that one. Mm-hmm. I hated The Adventure of Link. I couldn't figure that out. I was no good at it. But the other one, the original Zelda, that was fantastic. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. My buddy Nick Staler, lived down the road. Uh, he actually had to come over and teach me how to play the game. Because you had to go into these different caves and you had to like you got the sword right away. And like if you got the, you, the sword, like if you had full health, it would like send like you would zap people from a distance or whatever. But like chasing after this Ganon guy 
and like the different ways you could go through the map to unlock certain parts of it. It was actually quite challenging. I had a lot of fun with that. Legend of Zelda 2, that was no good. I, I, I wasn't a fan. If you guys were, I wasn't a fan at all. That for me was like, it was like still like Christmas was magical, like as a kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it still was like this huge lead up. Like now I feel like at 41, like Christmas was just fucking here. You know what I mean? You're still financially recovering from it from the previous year, you know, where you're buying everybody's stuff and it getting, you know, cause your concept of time is very different when you're growing up. But like my grandmother was still alive. You know, mom and dad, you know, they were, you know, younger, happy, full energy, all that stuff. And, you know, and they were nice enough to get me, you know, what I wanted, or at least what I thought I wanted, with the exception of uh, The Adventures of Link. It's not a good game. I did not like it. Do not recommend. But there was still magic to Christmas back then. You know what I mean? Mm Because Santa was real. All of these things were real. You know, it was it was it was it was a great time to grow up. You know, if you had a a good childhood, a happy childhood, I understand that not everybody has that. Um, on the flip side of it, I'll give you the darkest Christmas I ever had. So in 2000, <laughs> yeah, this, these are some contrasting. Okay. Things. This is a big contrast, Angel. You're just going to have to hang with me. Okay. So the year is 2004. Uh, baby Brian, who is not on the show, he wasn't even 10 yet. Okay. So we're, some young people are like, oh, I know what's happened in 2004. Okay, great. Um, I had my, my former spouse had left my son and I. Uh, earlier that year, right when my son turned one, she walked out because uh, she had met somebody else at, at work and said, you know, this isn't for me anymore, or what have you. Uh, it was a rough time. Not good. It was a, it was a real rough time. A lot of self-medicating, if you, if you know what I mean. And the toughest part about that is like when you get divorced, you have to figure out how to do the holidays, right? So your kid goes on Christmas Eve but comes back Christmas night or vice versa if you have a different agreement, right? So the hardest thing I ever had to do was watch my kid get in the car with his mother and, and like into the truck that her dude, like the new dude had and like leave. And here I am just alone on Christmas Eve without my kid. That was a tough one. There was a, a, a tremendous amount of alcohol consumption that holiday. I had a really hard time with that. They get easier as you go through them and eventually, you know, you move on and you're all right with it. It becomes just normal. But that first one was a tough one. That was a real tough one to get through. So I don't know if anybody had, you know, if you had experiences like that, any of you in the audience, just know that, hey, man, I understand. Like, those are a real bitch. That first one after your family gets blown up, uh, it's a rough one. So I I can empathize with those of you who have had to experience that, especially if you have children. It really, really can suck really, really hard. Um, But um, I don't know. Let me kick it off to our guest. I want to ask Bird, what is your best Christmas memory that you have, if, if you have one, of course? Uh, well, um, I grew up really poor, um, had like, uh, both sides of the extended family kind of living under the same roof type situation. Mm. And, um, I never really got Christmas presents when I was younger, but maybe when I was like 10 or 11, um, I got like, like a visa card, like a, like a cheap visa card. Um, one of those pay cards. Mm. And, um, I went just to like i don't know go spend it and i went to this corner store and i saw that there was this advertisement that there was this contest um that was being like arranged uh in the city and it was like you buy you know this item and you are entered into the contest and you gotta like open it up and then when you're when you open the thing up it'll tell you whether or not you won the contest type thing well um oh wait no i'm describing willy wonka sorry fuck i forgot <laughs> uh 
No, I don't have any memories about it. And you asked me the question, dude. And I was like, man, do I have any memories? And I realized I don't really remember anything before the age of 22 at all, <laughs> but including holidays experiences. Um, I, I always had this. Ex my, the holidays for me are neither of the things that you explained. For me, they're very like uh, pass through them type thing. Like I've never had a remarkable holiday one way or the other. They're always usually pretty much standard. Um, so I couldn't even really think of uh, anything. Um, I enjoy the cyclical nature of the holiday where you turn on Christmas Story mm -hmm. uh, and you wa you try and watch Christmas Story and you realize this movie is really boring and sucks and so you turn it off. And you, and you catch a different 30 minutes of Christmas Story every holiday because you just happen to turn it on at a different time. Um, and that's all that I really remember. It's the same thing as Thanksgiving. There's a diversity of food. Um, I have no idea what's being done for Christmas this year as far as food goes. I'm thinking Italian, but we'll find out. Um, and yeah, and that's that. It's very standard. I really, we don't really give out many presents either. I don't know when the present giving stopped for you, but at some point, I, I guess I'm in the age now where you don't get presents anymore. And I have that those few golden years where you 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 get between having to be expected to give presents. Mm. And you're done getting presents, so I'm right in that little, little year where you got to like be like, "Fuck!" And now I'm at the age where I have to pay it back. That's how they get you in, man. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's how they rope you for sure. I've, I, well, I have this like I grew up poor as well, so I don't really recall very many, um, you know, overly exceptional holidays when I was younger. But as I've gotten older, you know, it's been better over time. Um, because of the people that, you know, I've chosen to bring into my life. And, you know, I celebrate with family and friends every year. And it's just good to be with family and friends. And so, therefore, I haven't had any terrible Christmases. I should say that. That's that's a hell of a thing to say. I mean, really, truly, that's that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Uh, Christopher, what, do you, what, do you, what about you, man? What do you got? You stole my thunder, man. <laughs> like, Sorry. For real. Uh, uh, so unlike the uh, uh, the the last two story from from these peasants, uh, <laughs> I too grew up as part of the bourgeoisie uh, with Jay. <laughs> uh, uh, and my probably my best Christmas. Mine was Christmas of 88. I was freshly five. I'm a little younger than Jay, but it was when I got my NES. But I didn't get, like, all the extras. I just got the one that came with the one controller and a copy of Super Mario Brothers. And I played the shit out of that, and I was ecstatic. Uh, it was probably... And it was, once again, it was at a time, like, like Jay described, like, you're young. You still believe in Santa Claus. Christmas was still kind of like a magical thing. Mm. Uh, I think my parents were probably, if not as excited, maybe even a little more excited than I was for me to open the present. So, and like I had like other little presents that went with it too. And like I always like purposefully, like I saw the big one and I'm like, that's probably the good one. And I purposefully saved it for last. And my parents were getting impatient. They're like, why don't you open the big one? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> open it now. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I remember how excited I was as a kid. And then like even now, like I still like get and give presents. Like it's just what we do. Like I'm not like a religious person, but like it's just an excuse to get together with family. And we still do it. Like my sister and I host the family at our house for Christmas Eve. Um, and there's usually anywhere from like 15 to 20 plus people at our house. Um, and we cook for an army and just have like a good time. I usually wind up getting drunk. It's like one of the few times a year when I get like really sloppy shit faced. <laughs> get drunk, pass out. And then Hell Christmas yeah. Day. And then on Christmas Day, my sister and I go watch movies with the Jews. So that's you're in good company. That's <laughs> right, right, right. Because even the movie theater is still open on Christmas Day. So but that's 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 typically what we do. But yeah, that was my bre- my best Christmas memory. It was definitely the NES. Like brought me joy for years. Like ironically, like when I was little, like obviously like I got an NES for Christmas. So we weren't like dirt poor, but like we weren't like well to do either. So like I didn't really get I didn't really own many games for it, but you know, this mind you, this was the 80s. Like video rental stores were still a thing. Uh-huh. And there was actually a a, a local one in the town that I grew up in, it wasn't like a chain one. It wasn't like a blockbuster. It's a house now, but it used to be a video store. And, uh, like I used to rent like NES games there all the time when I was a kid. So that was very cool. Yeah. Like if you didn't have the, you know, 60 bucks to plop down for a game or whatever it cost back in 1988, 89. Uh, but yeah, so we'd go there all the time, rent movies, rent video games and i got years of joy out of that nes so no that's good man uh i asked uh, i asked the the you know the the 11.37 that still listened to the show to chime in and elliot was kind enough a winner of the gay soap i might add champion a for champion as angel says uh elliot (laughs) the big champ he said uh he chimed in and said the best christmas gift i received was given to me by my brother it was a real steel replica of the blade of Anduril. seeing how i'm a diehard lord of the rings tolkien fanatic it was mind-blowing awesome and unexpected as far as experiences are concerned i truly enjoy any time spent with my family close friends and cousins especially around the holidays that is a killer gift i mean that is i would love to get that right now i would be in the front of my condo swinging that fucking sword around you know <laughs> threatening my neighbors trying to look cool because i mean that's i mean of course as a, as a tolkien junkie that's right up my alley so that's a cool gift to get so i also have i i for, almost forgot I have the second coolest thing I ever received. This one came from the decade known as the 90s. Uh, I believe I was in seventh grade when I got this. And seventh grade was like 1992, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old. I mean, the, the gray in the beard is not makeup. This is real gray hair. So I got this thing. I'll show you guys. So uh, I got the Metallica Live Shit Binge and Purge. Uh, this one was uh, live from Mexico City. It was three discs. They had these things, kids, called CDs. And in your car, even back, you know, in the early aughts, you still had CD players. And you would put this disc in there and it would play music. It was phenomenal. But it gets better. So in this box set, right, this is something that a lot of you probably haven't seen. It came with VHS tapes, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this VH. I don't even have a fucking VCR to play these guys in, man. I got this VHS. This is live in San Diego. Three tapes worth of Metallica that I got. I watched this shit every day of my life. Every time I came home from school, 
I would pop this guy in there. It was like just part of my routine. You know, I would get home, get off the bus. I would sneak a cigarette in the woods behind my uh, behind our house, thinking that I was coy and that nobody could see me or smell the stink on me. <laughs> and um, oh, dude, it was the worst. Like even when I was in high school, like I would go and take the dog for a walk, man. And I would like I'd smoke Marlboro Reds and uh, I would take the dog. And I always had this like this tiny bottle of cologne that I had and I would keep it like in my jacket. And I would take the dog for a walk. I'd smoke like five or six cigarettes, then get right to the, the garage. And I'd spritz myself with this crap, right? Thinking, oh, man, nobody's going to know. They'd pop wow. gum in there. Yeah, what an idiot. Late, years later, my mother was like, we could, we could smell you as you walked in the house. It was disgusting. But we didn't say anything. And I'm like, damn, all this time I thought I was getting away with it. Like, you guys no, had no idea that I was smoking with cigarettes while I was walking the dog. But, um... <laughs> But anyway, I would watch that every That's day. Funny. Yeah, that was it was a, another good memory, man. Not so much the smoking part. I I don't even know why I picked it up, but man, it was a bitch to get rid of. So if any of you haven't ever smoked with cigarettes, don't. It's really not worth your time. It, it really it's, it's no good. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how much they cost. Like I can't even believe like, it's over seven dollars a pack here. And then when I went out to New Jersey. Uh, to visit my family over the summer. Is this summer $10 for a pack of cigarettes? No, thank you. Holy so, crap. Yeah, it's like 13 12 or 13 here. Oh, my God. I don't even know how anybody can afford Like, you have to work a second job just to smoke cigarettes. Just to smoke. <laughs> Damn, man. So, yeah, that was my other good memory of it. And then, of course, the time off school, like, that was, like, the, the second longest break that you would get. Like, spring break was okay, right, because you got a week off. But, like, Christmas break, that was awesome. That was usually two weeks. And if the weather cooperated, dude, you go sledding, snowball fights, playing football in the snow, which was great because you could tackle with impunity. Like nobody got hurt because like the snow kind of helped out. Um, but yeah, that was there's some good memories that had as a kid. I do have a question for Bird though. So when did you know Santa wasn't real? Oh man, I don't really remember. Um, I had a. I, I we were doing the Santa thing until I was about f- five. Okay. And then I think Santa went out for cigarettes one day, and he never, <laughs> it came, never back. came back. Yeah. 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 I don't remember when I when it, I, it. Basically, what I'm saying is, Santa Santa's visiting to the house did not correspond with my belief in Santa. I think Santa stopped visiting before I stopped believing in him. Okay. Um. I don't remember though. That's a really good question. Probably like because you know I I grew up poor and I just assumed probably the same for you. Like you knew early on that Santa wasn't real. Like I wasn't like ten years old knowing like thinking Santa was real or you know I think I I, I don't think Santa. anybody I knew was yeah. that age and still believed in Santa. No, I think like five six. Like I knew Santa wasn't real. Yeah, I do know that my my coming to terms with Santa's non-existence was pretty smooth. I didn't have like a breaking point. Some I don't know. Sometimes you, you see on TV, like there's some people existential like existential crisis. Yeah, I didn't have that at all. I was totally like, Santa's not real, because I'm a goal oriented. I'm like, but the presents are real, so who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who cares where they come from? Mm-hmm. You're fair I'm enough. actually glad that I don't that I don't think they're coming from somewhere else, so that now I can have more of an influence on the supply chain. Yeah. You know, I can figure out where they're coming <laughs> right. from. That's exactly smart. that's funny dude i have to admit i was eight when i found out that santa wasn't real and the only way i found out first of all 
like the kids at school had already figured it out before I did. But I'm like, I'm like these fucking non-believers, man. These people are never going to get shit ever again for running their mouths and pretending like Santa's not real, right? <laughs> like I'm like, I'm like, you guys are fucked. I'm the one who's still going to get some. <laughs> I, I, I finally I was snooping around one day and I would literally like, you know, you'd write your, your your Christmas list. I would give it to my mother. She would, quote, mail it to Santa and Santa for years had written me back. I thought we were like friends. We had a correspondence. <laughs> and uh, then I finally discovered that the handwriting from the North Pole was identical to my father's handwriting, meticulously done, cursive. And I'm like, this is a fraud. I've wow, been, you didn't I, just be like, wow, my dad is Santa Claus. That's crazy. No, I literally, I, I looked at my mother. I'm like, I know Santa's not real. And I sat in the back of the fucking Camaro with my hands folded. I remember just sitting there in this long ride. I forget where we were going. Probably McDonald's to try to make it up to me. That's I'm a food-oriented person. You're goal-oriented. I'm food-oriented. So sure. my, my mother's going to calm me down with a happy meal. It probably worked. <laughs> um, sure. It's who cares when he, you know, Santa's not real. Who cares? Yeah. After all, it takes two days, and you're like, whatever. Yeah. Presents are still coming. Pretty much, yeah. But that's when you get to being like more formal with your parents about what you want. True. Once Santa comes out, you're like, Mom, I want this, and then because you can't do that with Santa, you have to like you. They remember how they made you cower to Santa. You know, you have to like, Santa, can I please, uh, please? This is an economic trans. This is a transaction. Just give me this because this is your holiday. This is what you. This is how you keep your employment. Why? Why do we have to bargain with them? It's a really weird tradition. Mm-hmm. I am gonna say that. Yeah, it it, it is, and I, I do have to agree with you. It is strange. I mean, I thought, like, when my son was born, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna tell him about Santa Claus and all this other stuff. And then he end up falling into it because all the other kids, you know, they get their picture taken with the old man and this, that, and the other thing, and it just becomes tradition or what have you. But he was pretty, like, my kid was pretty cool about it. He's, he, he doesn't give a shit either. As long as he keeps getting stuff, it really doesn't matter where it comes from. It, it really doesn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you there. So here's a question for you. So now, Bird, now do you do the Feast of the Seven Fishes on Christmas Eve or Christmas Yeah. Day? Okay. Yeah. Now, is this, like, an entire, like, does every single member of the family contribute or is there one person who does all the fish how is it brought home is there a division of labor of who gets to handle what and if so who and what kind of fishes are we talking about um well i uh i've only done it for two years i've done it on my own so i don't know what other what families who do it together do um i i i imagine everybody makes their own dish if if you're doing a feast um and then everybody brings it i've made um cod uh calamari shrimp um oh god what else do you what else do you make octopus lobster i did once um i don't like clams i'm gonna say that i don't like clams and um that's it that's usually what i do it's all the standard stuff they want you to eat the salted cod that stuff is horrific so I won't be eating that. But yeah, I try to do something like a feast, uh, feast of the seven fishes. Um, it's a it's a hoot. Now, is there any regular uh, what you would consider traditional Italian food to go with the meal? Like, do we get any like lasagnas or anything like that? Or is it? Oh no, it's you oh. get pasta. Okay. You get your pasta, but no, because lasagna is like a whole. 
Lasagna is the tamale of Italy. It takes forever. It's a, you can't, you know, you can't do it quickly. So right. I, I, I've never done that. Again, I've never actually celebrated uh, the Feast of Seven Fishes with like more than three people. Mm. So I don't know. I got no idea. Okay, fair enough. Is is Aaron going to be like, you know, having his own Christmas thing? Or do you think that he might be locked up in some secret location that we won't know about? Because, I mean, he if, he's, he's kind of off the chain guy, which is why we love him, you know, obviously. His storyline has completely passed over my head, man. I haven't paid attention to him at all. Apparently, he was locked in a basement, and then he locked someone else in a basement, and then he got out of the basement. I don't even know what he's up to. I really don't. I don't edit his episodes. I don't. I try not to talk to him. In fact, we're really just colleagues, work nice. partners. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Work partners. <laughs> now, do you now do you have more of a uh, a friendly relationship with Carr? I would wager than maybe uh, one of my best friends. Yeah, okay. one of the one of my best friends. We're you know blood brothers. We're in it together. Um, we have a contract, as you know, but we we love to participate. Um, yeah, we're kind of we're hoping we could try and get Tilly back to being you know like a joint venture where Carr and I were two parts of the joint and there was no other part of the joint, but <laughs> it, you know, you do what you can. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, now let me, let me ask you this. So the day when it comes, we had this conversation, uh, all, you know, the group and I about what we don't like for the Christmas feast. Now I, I don't, we, we don't do any of the feasts of the seven fishes. We do like Christmas Eve. Like my mother puts out an amazing assortment of, of stuff. You get the ham, now, my mother's a Jew, so we get ham because she's a secular Jew, obviously. She's definitely not, you know, you know, Orthodox or Hasidic or conservative if there's ham on the table, uh, let alone a Christian celebration. Uh, but uh, we get the ham, and she does the noodle kugel, which is usually associated with a uh, with, uh, traditional Jewish cuisine. But I don't mind because I uh, accept all cuisine into my face because I, I enjoy uh, the celebration and the feasting. But out of all of the foods that I dislike the most, I, or one that I dislike the most, excuse me, is green bean casserole. What? I, I'm not a fan. I, I cannot do it. People have added bacon to it. I've tried it. I just, I cannot. It's, I feel like I'm wasting room in, 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 uh, in, the, in the crevices <laughs> of my stomach when I could be consuming other things as opposed to this vegetable business. Pass that over. Pass no, that like, over. Like I'd really, rather really. Just, I'd rather just have regular green beans versus green bean casserole. Oh, like, pass it over, boys. I'll eat all of it. <laughs> wow, no kidding. What do you like the least? What is one thing that you could can totally live without? And, get the get those beets off the table. Beets. I agree. Who the fuck beets off the table? Beets. Who's using beets at Christmas? What kind of yeah. is this? What, get the what beets off the table. Yeah. Get the carrots they, off they the take... candied carrots. And yeah, no. Get that no, bullshit no. off the table. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Beets taste like fucking dirt to me. Uh, you know, and I'm not even going to go as far as you. I, 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 I like beets, but I get them off of the Christmas. This is a, a feast. Yes. That is, that is uh, deer food. <laughs> Truly. It's not for a feast. Yeah, no, this is a, a high holiday. We need, you know, very, very specific foods, and they have to be high and fat and, you know, cheese loaded up, whatever. Yeah, got to be. Yes. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Now, let me, okay, Correct. let's, 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 let's shift gears for a minute, just for a minute. What is your favorite Christmas film? Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it straight away. I do subscribe to Die Hard. 
being a Christmas movie, and it is one of my favorites, without question, without question. But what about the rest? Also, a Christmas movie. Which one? Gremlins is also a Christmas movie. I agree with you there, but like Bird, like original Bird. What What is your favorite Christmas film? Oh man, um, gosh, I don't even know. There's plenty of movies that are that ha- have a setting that takes place on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that category. Uh, my favorite movie about Christmas is this is a tough one i i might need some help here i might need some help here because i I, this isn't a category i delve into much Mm. the schwarzenegger movie where he has to buy toys for his kids does that jingle all the way jingle all the way that movie's a banger okay looking looking that's a bang fest of a film all right (laughs) i've not seen in it too that's oh, a really? banger of a flick. Well, Sinbad's in it. Okay. All right. Uh, I would have to say, even though I'm not a religious person, I do enjoy a Charlie Brown Christmas. First of all, I feel like it's fucking traditional. Okay. It's just something that you watch, just like the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, where, you know, Snoopy's a World War One flying ace, which is the coolest thing ever. But I like how Linus doesn't put up with any bullshit, and he says exactly what he feels Christmas is uh, supposed to be about. And they still a lot of these play these uh it still gets aired, which I'm quite surprised in this day and age. I mean, regardless of how you feel about the story, I mean, I'm surprised that people still allow that because you know so many people get upset about it. I mean, I don't. I mean, whatever. Who cares? It's a cartoon. You have to turn it off if you don't like it, right? But I like I, I enjoy that one I, because we're we're from Ohio. I feel like um. Christmas story it's oh it's good but I think that like it's there's a, they have a museum house up in Cleveland mm-hmm. that you can go to with the leg enough. Rip. yeah enough I, with that movie yeah I'm not a huge fan of it National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation now now we're fucking talking about something special Randy Quaid dude like that movie is excellent it never for me it never gets old it's wonderful um what else what is overplayed what's that one the black and white film. Uh, is it a beautiful life? Is that what the hell it's called? It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. life. That's it. Where, um, he, like you know, the, the the angels get their wings or what have you, and he's all happy at the end. Dude, the I've one never seen that the movie. one that fucks with me the most. No joke, you guys. I can't even get through it. Is Disney's um, uh, uh, the the Christmas Carol, the original one with Scrooge. You know, the, the duck and, and you know, like Tiny Tim died. Like as a kid, that was fucking traumatizing. Like, I was like, man, I'm a big, huge piece of shit. This kid's starving to death, and I have all this stuff, and I'm complaining I didn't get the right Nintendo game, and this kid's dying. And then you see him, like, the grave and all that other stuff. That movie really fucked with me, man. Like, the different ghosts that come and get him. That that cartoon was 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 powerful back in the day. I couldn't handle it. I, I, I couldn't watch it. That one was good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. What else did they have? They my, put- So my, my favorite Christmas movie, hands down, is Home Alone. So, Home Alone number that. one or number yeah, two? Yeah, no, no, the first one, the first, okay. one, the first Home Alone movie. You sure you don't like the remake, Chris, that they just did? No, that's fucking dog water. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Um, they remade it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's dog water. It's it's shit. <laughs> like, like the second Home Alone's good. It is. The first, the, the first one is, is that's the that's the classic for me. That's like on. Dog water. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh man, that's a good. Uh, 
Go yeah, ahead. So Home Alone's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I like I watch it every year, multiple times leading up to Christmas. Okay. I, and I still laugh at it too. <laughs> I still laugh at that shit. It's got good slapstick humor in it, man. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like good, who doesn't like some good slapstick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, is there anything Grand coming out? Shot in the, uh, is there anything coming out? Yeah, like I heard, like I'm not a Kingsman guy, but the, this film look, looks like it takes place in World War One, and you know me. If there's a World War One angle, I'm showing up. So this this yeah, Kingsman. Yeah, it's like a prequel. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'd but, like oh, to yeah. see that. Maybe I'll take Angel to see it. I'll drag her out of the house. Is she, are you busy on Christmas, Angel? No. Just, you know, doing Christmas. Okay. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't th- I don't have any plans for Christmas Day. We usually do everything Christmas Eve. Um, and then Christmas Day, I usually just kind of like hang out and like, you know, shove leftover food in my face. That's the next question I wanted to get to, uh, lady and gentlemen, is what to eat the day after. So like, let's say for me, once again, just like you, Christmas Eve is the big what have you. And then Christmas Day is the kind of relax and do whatever you want. But after eating six pounds of ham, after eating all the shit that I ate the night before, where I'm the size of a parade float, uh, you know, trying to stuff myself back in the car to go home, the next day I may not feel as inclined to eat the same things that I ate the night before. So I would like to get Chinese food. I always think that that's a solid day after a, a holiday, or in my case, uh, Christmas Day meal, is to get some uh, delicious uh, Chinese food. Does anybody like to eat like like Thanksgiving for me is a little bit different because I'm a turkey guy. So I can make turkey enchiladas. I can make turkey sandwiches. I can do all this different stuff. But Christmas, it's like ham. It's like, yeah, you can have breakfast if you have eggs or something like that or ham sandwich. Yeah, ham is tough. Ham is very rough. Ham, yeah. ham and bean soup. That's not oh, a that bad. That's good. With, yeah. with, a side of, with a side of some cornbread. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's nice. Hey, that sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but what uh, a, my oh, my uh, Christmas morning current tradition is I do a biscuits and gravy and home fries for breakfast. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was yeah, nice. That's that's to me. It's like you know, that's the ultimate fat guy fucking breakfast, man. <laughs> Hell <laughs> biscuits, yeah! Biscuits and gravy and some some home fries on the side. Smother it all in some good gravy that I make from scratch. I don't do no packet bullshit for my sausage gravy, so. Yeah, I no, might, cheat. I might cheat and get the canned biscuits. <laughs> I think that's acceptable, right? But the yeah. gravy's made from scratch. But yeah, that's that's what that's usually what I eat. And like you said, it is kind of different. Like I like ham, but like I'm not gonna wake up and want to eat ham the next day or have a ham sandwich right off the rip. I usually we usually wind up, like I said, making ham and bean soup with the mm. leftovers, loading that up, making some cornbread, doing okay. it in the crock pot. Yeah. I might just do that. That sounds like a great thing to do. Dude, I'm telling you, man, just some good old, that's like some classic uh, poor folk grub, but it's fucking phenomenal. (laughs) Delicious, yeah. Yes, ham and bean soup. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. What what about you, Bird? Like, what do you like to do? Do you do leftovers? Do you rather not? I'm a Chinese food guy, man. You just nailed it. That's the move. Yeah, that's the move. I like nothing more than Chinese food on it. I don't eat Chinese food outside of the day of or day after holidays. Oh, that's really? Like I don't know why. I don't know why it's it is that way, but it's so decadent to me. I, it's a great uh, one of those things where I could spend like sixty bucks for two people because I just want to oh. eat a little bit of everything mm-hmm. that you Absolute, can get. Right on. Absolutely, for sure. 
Um, and you have one specific spot that you go to, or do you like to mix it up a little bit? No, I got a few. There's a few spots, and I don't think any of them really do better than any of the others. They're all pretty solid. Excellent. Excellent. And what about you, Angel? What what do you like to do there on the day after, you know? I like to just like relax at home. And if I if I eat anything, it's usually whatever I have in the house. Or, you know, if if there's like, you know, an invitation for Chinese food, of course, I'll eat Chinese food. Um, But I really just like to chill out. And, you know, there's so much food usually. And I like I don't want it to go to waste. So, yeah. And by the way, I'm going to issue a formal complaint again. So, for Thanksgiving, my mother made a, a homemade Bailey's Irish cream cheesecake, everything mm. from scratch. It was tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. I got one slice out of that son of a bitch because usually I get a quarter of the pie and everybody piled in and took some home and ate it all. So That's next, year, next year, Bird, I'm, I will be dishing out the portions for the guests. And if they don't <laughs> like it, they can make their own pie because as the host of the holiday, I get the lion's share of the cheesecake. This this past uh, last this past uh, uh, indiscretion, this stain upon the ho- the honor of my home will not stand. <laughs> I will not allow this ever again. And y'all know who you are, and uh, that's okay. The rev- the revolutionary committee has gotten together and decided that this will not stand. This aggression will not stand. And um, you know, your wife might um, owe money all over town, but you're not eating my fucking cheesecake like that. Again. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Tell them. It's got to be done. I can preach shit right now. You'd be like, you, you got out of breath just getting up here in line for cheesecake. You don't need any. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> that I'll was, eat you peace for you. That might be, you know, like I'm going to actually get the dental floss and cut it. So that way there's no waste on the knife. So where people can like hang around and be like, let me get that extra stuff on the knife. No, no, no. No, you're not getting any fucking shit on there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you ain't even getting the cheesecake residue off the knife. No, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It's like you look forward to it once a year, and it just, it, yeah, I got one slice of it. And uh, just it, tell your mother to make two. You know, she, off the table, off the table to learn how to make it, huh? <laughs> you know what? I don't have that touch. I don't, I don't have that. Uh, no, have I don't. You ever tried to touch? No, no, I've always bought the crust and that's already pre-made and it's like, oh, it's okay. You know what I mean? But she's got like the form, the spring form pan and like she like she's got time. She's 73, so she doesn't have a lot to do. Sounds like you better start studying. I know. I mean, who knows how much time. Cheesecake. Yeah, Christopher but, does. You gonna, yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah. All that's, right. that's usually that's usually what I make for Christmas is a cheesecake. I just do like a New York style cheesecake. Man, I did not know that cheesecakes were this popular just outside of the very specific area where I'm from. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, I, I love cheesecake. That that to me, that's 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 the ultimate dessert right there. I'm starving. Now I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. We're good for that, uh, man. We will get the 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 food motivation out of some. But you know, my mother's from the Bronx, so she, you know, she... well, and then she opens the oven. Like one time, I went over there. I was helping her with something, and she was making this cheesecake. And she opens the oven and like lets you know certain things happen. And she was like, "No, I have to leave the op- the oven open this much for this long." And she goes through this whole process, oh, and I'm wow. like. Yeah, it's just best that, you know, she probably makes it. <laughs> I could only imagine Jay trying to, like, copy it and then, like, open in his oven and then, you know, he burns himself somehow. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> and I have a convection oven. I don't even know what kind of oven she has. So I know that my oven cooks things a lot faster. 
So I'm not sure. Like my mother has this old, uh, you know, this, uh, I, I don't know, Ashkenazi Jew system of figuring things out with temperature and opening the oven and all this other Numerology. stuff. Numerology. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. These ancient Hebrew secrets from like the reign of Nebuchadnezzar or something like that when, you know, the Jews were in Babylon <laughs> and they figured out how to make cheesecake in the desert. You make a cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> but yeah, man, like that's not for me. Like I'm going to have to learn if I can do it. I, I should do it because then next year when maybe this is what I'll do. I'll, what I'll do is I won't tell anybody that I've done an understudy and I've, I've, you know, become an apprentice to my mother's cheesecake making and I go ahead and make it myself and I don't tell anybody. And that way when they eat it all and they think that they're being clever and crafty and cute and they're like, oh, Jay, once again, and then I'll bring out the pie and par put it right in front of my fucking face and just face dive right into it just right into it nose hairs everything in in there and be like oh shucks looks like the rest of yous aren't going to get any of this because my dna is all over this cheesecake so that's there you go yeah i think that that's the move asserting dom that is the move you know so but yeah man it's you know i'm, I'm very fortunate because i have good holiday memories like I said, you know, that one that, that I talked about in 2004, that was a rough one. That definitely was the toughest one I ever had to go through. But um, if that's the worst that it got, and it's always, you know, it's consistently gotten better since then, you know, I consider myself a fortunate man because, you know, a lot of I've talked to a lot of like, you know, coworkers than when I worked in the warehouse and stuff. Uh, when Christopher and I were workmates, you got a lot of people who have nobody. And I mean nobody. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they sit at home alone in the dark. They, they smoke and drink and just sit there. And, you know, because they don't have any family. They don't have any, you know, you know, friendships that are close by. So I do consider myself really fortunate to have great memories. Like, you know, I drank nine, nine shots of Jameson in an hour when I went over to my mother's house once. And wow. I, I drunk eight. And then I fucking passed out into the guest bedroom. My wife had to come get me. She's like, wow. oh, we're opening presents. You have to get up. And I was sick. Like, I was disgusting because I was, I just, I, I don't know what my problem was. I just got out of control. She tried to keep it under control. I ignored her advice. Um, I lived recklessly and I paid for it the next day. Like, I was really sick the next day. I was on the couch. There was no Chinese food to be had. I just sat there and drank tea and tried not to vomit. So that wasn't fun. But um, while the party was happening, it was a good time. But truthfully, a lot of people don't have a lot out there, man. So if you do have, you know, people to celebrate with and you can say you have good memories, I think that um, I think you're very fortunate. You know, it could be it could be a lot worse, man. And I, and also, I don't have to work on Christmas, which a lot of people do end up having to work on Christmas, man. And that's rough. So you know, just you know, I, I'm not a count your blessings kind. I don't put it that way. But if you want to put it that way, I suggest that you do. You take stock and say, hey, man, things are not as bad as they could be. So um, I hope that uh, everybody out there has a good Christmas. I hope you know. And tell us if you got a shitty gift. Let us know. We already did the shitty gift portion of the show. Yeah, um, you but know. it should be known Christmas is not about gifts, though. No, it, you're right. It, even though, yes, it is kind of about gifts. Like, as you get older, it's really just about being with, you know, your family and just enjoying life and or trying to enjoy life because um, you never know when you're not going to have it. So, yeah, that's yeah, true. It should be noted. It's not just about gifts. So don't be a greedy asshole and make it about gifts. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Uh, so how are things uh, in the big bad city as you wrap things up? I mean, are you having any kind of mixed emotions, Bird? How are you uh, How are you dealing with uh, the move and all of that? Um, good. I, uh, 
it was tough for a, like a, a uh, four hours. And then after about four hours of being like uh, sentimental, uh, at one point, probably a week ago, that was all I needed to just remember all the good parts of New York City. Mm-hmm. And then I was good to go. I'm good to go. I'm almost ready to go. I got one week until I start moving. Okay. All right. Well, I certainly hope it does go well for you. I mean, you sound pretty optimistic about it, which is really good. Um, do you... um? What is it that you're looking forward to the most out of the move? Like, what is it that you're like, oh, my God, you know, this is very exciting, you know, something to that effect? Uh, probably focusing on creating content uh, will get a lot easier. Um, I have a <clears throat> we'll have a dedicated space um, in in the form of an office to be able to do that uh, and to be able to do it more um, efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's going to be that's something that I really look forward to doing is 2022 push out. I'd like to triple the amount of content that I put out this year. Cause I didn't put that much out this year. It's probably my lowest output year. Um, so I'd really like to go above and beyond what I've done in previous years and just start pushing more content out. Cause I know people want to hear it and um, it has just been busy uh, for the second half of this year. Very busy. And um, I feel like now I will be able to have a lot more time and, um, isolation to be able to work on projects uh so i'm really looking forward to it well that's really good and you know man i it's a quite a compliment when folks can tell you that they wish that you were making more content for them because oh yeah for sure it's uh it's just interesting last year i remember i was pulling into my parents and i was listening to your best of from uh the fag cast oh yeah mm-hmm. uh the one where the dude has the the, the fake german accent i mean i was lo- yeah. I, I was losing it in my fucking car in the driveway of my parents house like i was just because <laughs> all of you were laughing and it was it, it but it's so interesting to see the growth and how things have changed in the show from the start to where you are now and i think it's a testament to what you've put together you guys i mean I, it's it's a lot of fun to listen to and people really enjoy it and now you I mean to even make even more content i mean that's quite a compliment when people are like we, we want more i think that's yeah a, right you know yeah i love to do it too it's a great you know making content is a great way to get out a lot of uh um free time especially especially just having too much free time i think is not good for people um at least for me uh, i need to be busy and i don't have uh, a, a number of things keeping me busy i just have a lot of distractions and so I definitely am looking forward to having less distractions and more things keeping me busy. Okay. Now, why do you think that having uh, too much free time might be an issue for you or say someone else? Like what is it? What, what makes it dangerous to have, to, to have too much? I like, I, I like to produce content and give it out to people. So when I'm not doing that, I'm not getting the benefits of my enjoyment of being able to do it. I mean, it's that simple, really. Okay. I, uh, it's easy to stop doing things that you like for some reason. I don't know why that is, but it's very easy when you go through life to be like in a period of time where you love to watch movies, for example. And then one day you just kind of stop, you fall out of that. And then you go and you're like, why did I stop doing something I enjoyed exactly? Usually you get distracted and you have to do other things and you forget that you have this thing that you enjoy doing and the traditions you've cultivated doing it. And so I think I'm, again, I I think the thing that me um, moving and having my own place and having separate spaces is that it will allow me to do a lot more focusing on doing stuff that I like to do. Um, because when I I have a shared space 
it's very difficult to even focus. Um, so it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to do is picking up old habits again. One of them being content creation. Um, cause I get a lot of enjoyment out of it and the less I'm able to produce kind of the less fun that I have. Um, like I can usually, uh, uh, push off the work aspect of it, um, by enjoying doing it. Uh, but if I'm not enjoying doing something and if I'm not working to create stuff, I'm kind of just doing nothing and I'm not gaining any benefits or enjoyment from, from what I could be doing if I was working harder. So I think all that is a big reason why I want my own space and why I'm looking forward to moving is it's just a big opportunity to be able to do a lot more content creation. Fantastic. How many, like if you had to, to just guess right off the top of your head, how much time a day do you give to creating content as it were right now? Like, do you have a dedicated time where you sit down? Are you regimented where you're like, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, or I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do, what, what I'm going to cover, any of that stuff. Do you have a regimented schedule or these ideas that come through to, throughout, throughout the day? And then, you know, you, you make notes or you do, you break up the research. I mean, what, how is it that you break it down? So for TLE, um, it's um the way that TLE is formatted right now and, and things could change, but the way that they're formatted right now at this point in time is that throughout the week, I do a lot, I do a lot of reading uh, and I, despite my being inactive on Twitter, I'm very active on Twitter. Yeah. I use it a lot. I read a lot from, and I get a lot of sources of news out of Twitter and it, it's the whole week kind of reading and digesting articles culminating in usually the day of recording i will put together a i don't know what you'd call it a timeline of events along with the description of the event and the associated link where where i saw it first because it's supposed to be i have this tradition with my friends um outside of podcasting that we when we get together there's usually one of our friends is the and, and I want to do a lot more content creating with this guy, my best friend. Um, he's the guy who will disperse the news uh, to everyone else. I think most larger friend groups have that. They kind of go disperse. Does they have the one guy who after everybody's gathered, he disperses the news, whatever the news is. It doesn't actually matter. Usually it's just stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've always formatted my information gathering and my telling you know, Carr and Aaron, what's going on in the week off of my friend, the way that I deliver the information. So it's a, it's not um, a lot of work to actually do TLE. It's not a lot of work to do into the cave, which is the other thing that I, I haven't done for two months because I have been too busy with the job that I got mm-hmm. to focus on doing what into the cave is, which is a, I would say a little bit more complex. I usually, when I do it into the cave, it's usually three or four pages of notes. It, it's what I used to do with Pete uh, done on my own show. It's about the same amount of work ever, which takes a lot longer. That can take usually an entire day's worth of work, like probably two work shifts okay. worth of work to get stuff right. And not, every, you know, the same way that you work in every other job where it's not, working 100% of the time you have intermittent bursts of creating stuff and then you come out of it. So it's not a lot of work at all to do any of it, which is why I'd like to triple the output that I was putting in this year. It's, it's not a lot. 
it's a matter of um i think drawing inspiration from stuff and also having a dedicated space to be able to get weird with it because i i i'm usually best when i'm able to um kind of create with full control over something like my favorite thing that i ever did was the end of fag cast which became like a radio show um i really enjoyed doing that i i would like to do, start doing stuff like that again and gearing up to start doing stuff like that again so uh I have all of this bandwidth that I'm not expending that I am going to enjoy expending once I get the opportunity after the move is complete. It is, a, it is amazing how much, cause this is the first time I, that I've moved in my adult life, like paying attention, having to be responsible for the moving process. It's amazing how much of your time it takes. And then when you're done, even if it's not a lot of hours, it's a lot of energy, mm -hmm. but when you're done doing it, you're wiped out. So I'm definitely looking forward to being able to just kind of recoup and start putting content out again. Cause it's, it's when I'm at my best, I think. Well, that's fantastic, man. And you, you know, I always like to pick people's brains on how they break things up. Like I'll usually, you know, I, I'm, I try to regiment it where I block time off. I'm like, okay, take an hour, or an hour and a half every day and try to do a little bit of research on what it is that you want to talk about. So I'm always very curious to see how other folks do it. Um, and yes, you're not working hundred percent of the time. So you can't sneak in those moments of creativity when you're trying to put things together. Um, unfortunately, like um, Angel has a job where she does not have that at all. Like she is, she is 110 miles an hour from the minute she walks into her office. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. luckily, you know, she's able to run the board for us and do all the things that she does. Yeah, hell yeah. Work, you know, and I think, and, and I'm very grateful for it, you know, but like for myself, I know I have like, you know, I'm working on the dock. I know when my deliveries are coming. I know when the peak moments are to where I'm getting all these trucks in and I know how fast that I need to work to get it done. And you're like, you know, there's these peaks and valleys of productivity at work where, you know, you're like, you've been there long enough to know how to map it out and how to break up your time. So I'm very fortunate. I'm able to do that. You know, not everybody does that. I mean, I know, you know, when Christopher and I worked together, he's still at the place that uh, we worked uh, uh, with each other at. And I remember like, you know, back in the day, like if you fucking touch your cell phone, they'd write your ass up. You know, I don't know if it's the same now, but like back then they were real draconian about even just sending a text message. So the, and then when you're picking parts or you're moving or you're driving equipment around in a warehouse and distribution, oh, yeah. you can't fuck around. Like, I mean, they were talking about yeah. safety here, so you can't do that. So I'm very fortunate I'm able to do that. So I was just curious to see, you know, you know, how somebody else who's far more seasoned than I am, that's for sure how you do it. So I uh, thank you for that insight. So do you have any big plans? Like, do you have any Anything right now burning that you're excited to do like you know that the first of the year is there anything that we can really be psyched up for apart from normal regular service oh you will not see things from me probably until february i need i need january to set up for sure um after that you know i'll 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 start announcing stuff i have a underneath my tle notebook in my phone i have like my personal notebook of just whenever I hear some, something weird, I just write it down because I figure I'll make an episode about that. Uh, so I have like a dozen of those. And um, I think in classic style, I would like to like record a bunch of those and drop them all at once. Um, so I don't know, but I definitely need time and preparation to do that. So I would say nothing in the tank right now, but um, within two months, I would like to be back at it uh, in full force. Excellent. Excellent, man. Well, is there anything that you would like to uh, drop as far as plug-wise before we wrap up the show? 
Um, just TLE. You can find Timeline Earth on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and Into the Cave is also on that feed as well as all of my other co-hosts shows. Um, and that is about it. All right. Excellent. Christopher, do you have anything before we wrap it up? Uh, nope. Um, my band's still recording. And so it's going to be a little while before we're done with that because we're doing everything ourselves. Um, probably once again, probably looking at February, March before we're done, if I'm being honest. So probably around that same time frame. And then once that's ready, um, so we're not really playing a whole lot of shows in the meantime, but we do, once again, for anybody in the local area um, that listens, we're ha- having a show January 7th at the the Vortex in Akron. So Excellent. Other than that, uh, no other, nothing exciting. All right. Well, thanks, man. Uh, Angel, you're the boss. What else do you have? Uh, nothing. Just we're continuing to release our uh, B-side episodes from our Patreon um, as a thank you slash Merry Triple Xmas gift to our fans um, to continue to listen and just let us know how you like them. Um, if you like them, we'll keep releasing them. If you hate them, just tell us you hate them, whatever. They're there for you. That's it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, thank you for that. And thank you for those that participated and that are the winners of the Gay Soap giveaway, including our guest. And speaking of our guest, I am uh, very grateful for uh, Bird coming on to the show every single time. I always have a wonderful time talking uh, to you. Uh, we're very grateful for you to come on and talk to us and make time to talk to us with everything else that's going on in your life. Um, we, we love the content that you guys produce. And uh, sincerely, man, thank you very much for coming on to the Triple Xmas uh, special. Uh, we really are grateful for you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everybody. I love coming on here, man. I'll do it any time. Well, thank you, man. That's quite a compliment. And I hope that you have an excellent Christmas. Uh, wish you the best of luck and uh, good fortune in the new year. And uh, I'd like to thank, of course, all of our sponsors. And don't forget to uh, wash your ass with my friend Todd Gay's soap. Todd the Gay, very gay soap for your ass. Uh, don't forget it kills all variants of the coronavirus if it gets lodged in the rectum. Todd's Gay Soap has medicinal magical powers that can remove <laughs> that from your ass. We are here to help. Todd is here to help. Please support uh, and show that uh, you are concerned about your personal hygiene because, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. We're starting off the new year. You want to start off on the right foot. You want to start off on the right smell. You want to make sure that the special someone's, maybe you're starting a new job. Maybe you're starting a new adventure. Never start a new job or a new adventure when you smell terrible. My friend Todd can take care of that. Please visit AkronApothecary.com. And Todd is supposed to be making soap. I'm going to be meeting up with him in about a week, and I can give you a full report. But the Gay Soap Giveaway, Bird's going to be getting some soap. And, of course, Elliot's going to be getting some soap, and uh, Riley's getting soap. So congratulations. Merry Triple Xmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you have a great holiday. And um, take it easy. Thank you for the support and all of your guys' friendship, our guests included. Have a great holiday. Bye. Squaw. Feliz Navidad.